Hi, Lindsay, and welcome to I Just Read This Book, the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, and to everyone listening, I am Taylor, in case you forgot. But Lindsay Frazier, she wrote Oh Love, Come Close. It's a memoir. And full disclosure, I met Lindsay at an author event hosted by the Tomorrow Bookstore. And yes. Yes, I was there, honestly, to meet Leah Johnson. Um, I did meet Leah. She will be on in the future. But when I walked in, I saw Lindsay first. <clears throat> and Lindsay, do you remember what you said to me when I was like, oh, what's your book about? Um, Honestly, I probably said it's a memoir and it's about the pursuit. Um, it's about resilience and the pursuit of intimacy. It's about trauma and uh, kind of what it means to stop running and to face it. That's probably along the lines of what I said. <laughs> you literally said it's about trauma. And I was like, bet, I will purchase, <laughs> send my money. Because have you heard of trauma porn? I have not actually, that is a new one for me. Well, I'm not gonna say I'm into trauma porn, but like I just, my life has not been all roses and rainbows. So right. I feel like reading other trauma, I'm like, okay, like we were talking about, uh, um, like we were talking about earlier, like, it's like, okay, I'm seeing, it's not specifically my um, right. trauma yeah. that I've been through, but like, I'm just not the only one battling past yes. issues. Totally. Yeah. Um, yes. And that, and that is kind of the whole reason I, you know, decided to release a memoir. One of the things that kind of made me laugh, but was also like, kind of like eye roll about, um, was a review that I had read about my book and it was on Goodreads. And, um, you know, the person was like, who, it was like this little dialogue between a couple people. And they were like, I don't even know who this person is. Is she famous? Why is she writing a memoir? <laughs> and yeah. And I, um, you know, I think you have to like, whatever with reviews, like some of them are really beautiful and good and others are like, okay, I would have rather not read that, but whatever we're moving on. I will never <laughs> read a review unless I'm tagged and they're like, Taylor, you're the best. Oh yeah. Then <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not, no, no, no. I definitely did. I mean, the first week I didn't, the first week of release, I did not read reviews. I did not want it to taint the what I was feeling the accomplishment the like just the sheer joy of a 10-year project finally being released so I didn't read them the first week but you know I started to read them and I mean not I don't know I say surprisingly but I don't know if that's the right word but I actually there's so many people that were connecting and it was like it was so empowering to me and um it was really beautiful but this person you know she was like I don't her and her friends or whatever like I don't know who this girl is um, she's not famous. I don't know why, what the point of her memoir is. And it's like, well, one, I didn't think you had, to, I know <laughs> one, I didn't think you had to be famous to write a memoir Two, I think the whole point of it is, is literally to tell, to tell your story, to feel empowered, to maybe, um, be the one that steps out and says, here, I'll go first mm -hmm. and, you know, invite other people into the story but also invite other people to share theirs. Like mm -hmm. that's the beauty of it all. And somewhere along the way, somebody invited me to share mine. And, um, you know, I did that first in a journal. And when I swore, I'd never tell anybody 
the stories in that in that journal, um, <laughs> I ended up writing a book of yeah. all those stories. And so, yeah, I think it's really empowering. And so I, you know, I've never heard of trauma porn. That makes me kind of laugh, <laughs> but um, I do think I do think people are kind of coming into their voice a lot more and being more willing to share their traumatic experiences. I think we yeah. all. I think we all have them like in different facets. There's little T and big T trauma. What my therapist says, there's some really, really big events. Um, and then there's some smaller events, but are still as impactful. And some that we may not even know, you know what I mean? Like when we were little that our body still is responding to. So all that to say, like, it's an outlet. It's a way to, um, to continue healing when you talk about it, when you process it, you and I are talking about stuff right now. And already our brains are again, processing the things that they need to process so that we can further heal. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about it works. Um, I will have a little chip on my shoulder about those two women. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever. For a while. I'm, I just <laughs> like, as a reader, I don't know. I like series memoir had just like we shared it we shared a pub date or not a pub date a pub month Prince Harry oh everybody wants cool. I know everybody wants to read you know this the people that we see this oh man don't even get me started about how we um just idolize normal mm -hmm. people but like mm -hmm. people that we see in the public eye that have so much writing on you know whatever we want to hear their stories. And I understand that. Like, yeah. um, but, but there is like, I am just as important. Yeah. And you are just as important as anybody that we see in the public eye. And we have just as much, you know, validity to share our stories. I just feel like saying that she's like, like, I feel like she could say to me, who are you to write a YA book? You're not a YA person. Like I'm 31. Right. Uh, yeah. Whatever. Anyway, we're not going to get them any more time. But <laughs> so, reading your book, uh, it was like an episode of Criminal Minds. <laughs> have you seen Criminal Minds? Let's, let me hear more of that. Um, I have not. I don't actually watch a lot of those shows, probably because I lived some of it. Yes. And it's weird because I was reading it and I was like, ooh, this would be a good show. But I'm like, oh my God, this happened in real life. Like, and I'm sure pretty those shows like um get their ideas based off of real events, but I'm just like, yeah, my feelings, and I can't believe you lived through that so many times, you know? Again and yeah. again and again. <laughs> Long story short, um, her friends, you had, you had friends that were M word, right? Yes. They were murdered. Yes. 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 I had, well, I backing up, I, um, I had a dear friend that was murdered when, um, we were like a year or two out of high school and, but the iron, the, the irony was that when, she was in eighth grade. We both went to different mm -hmm. middle schools. We became really close. You know, our group of friends became really close in high school, kind of all merged together in the same high school um, from two separate middle schools. The So my friend, Lindsay, who was murdered, she went to a different middle school and had grown up with a different, you know, group of friends. And her best friend was raped and murdered mm -hmm. in eighth grade. 
And so the irony of it all was that the people, the friend group that merged so tight that I was so tightly a part of in high school had already gone through something like that in middle school. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember going to the funeral of this girl in eighth grade that had died just because, you know, you're all kind of close. Um, my mom had her as a student, not that year, but years before. And so I, I remember going to the funeral and having my own experience that I talked just a little bit about in the book. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, I don't know, like, let's see, six years or something. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, this happens, this same thing happens to my friend. Um, and it just was, I, you know, when somebody dies, I think that you immediately start remembering what your last conversation was. Mm -hmm. How did you like your kind of your last goodbyes, you start replaying, you know, the last time you saw them and what you said and conversations you had. And I remembered a conversation that Lindsay and I had had that was really beautiful and vulnerable and intimate. And funny enough, it was in like the girls restroom in our high school. Mm -hmm. um, but she was really upset about something that we were talking about in history. We were debating. Yeah. She was really upset about something. And um, she ran out of the classroom mm -hmm. and I kind of gave my teacher like the eye and he was like, yeah, you know, go follow her. And we had this really beautiful moment in the bathroom where she just like let opened up, like just kind of broke down about her friend, Jessica, that had passed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when she died, that was one of the first moments that I went back to because I could not believe mm -hmm. that the same thing, the yeah. same tragedy, yeah. almost identical in like the way that it all played out it happened to her too gut wrenching okay so you grew up in monticello i grew up in anderson anderson actually. what yeah, was anderson. it like what was that like what was the good parts Ooh. oh the good parts yeah no i i couldn't hear you um oh no you're good it was honestly like i'm gonna say it was pretty great like, mm -hmm. I know I, you, you can read the book and you can see kind of like different things that, you know, different experiences that were really hard, but like, for the most part, I have a beautiful family, um, that, you know, we're always just really supportive. We were very, they're very fun. Um, so we had a lot of fun. I have a really tight group of girlfriends, um, high school. Okay. Let me say middle school was really rough for me. Um, you know, there was some spiritual abuse that happened during that time. So there, that definitely like, uh, played into, you know, the way that I viewed myself and my life, but I would say overall, like, um, you know, my, I had a best friend, her name's Elise. She's still my best friend. We were together nonstop. She was kind of a safe place for me. Um, you know, high school, I just ran around. I mean, it was, you know, I think I was pretty typical, like high school kid that didn't really care a lick about school. Yeah. Same. Um, okay. Yeah. So when I was at the event, you and the other author, I forget her name, but she was like, yeah. Tasha. Yeah. Tasha June. Tasha. Yes. She was, you guys were like, yeah, I was not good in school. And like, neither was I. And then I'll get to Leah about that. She was like I love it. I or whatever like congrats but like no <laughs> even in college I was like I like the school part was so lame to me but like the friendship and the experiences like that ruled I did that so well yes. but 
yeah, school ugh, it's not my cup of tea. Yeah, I think it, I honestly, I could probably say like, I think this system failed me a little bit as far as it comes like academically. Like I just did not learn the way that everybody else did. I'm such a hands-on learner. You show me something one time and I could probably do it. Um, math, no. I mean, I just like, oh, that's not God, even- no. But yeah, so I think I struggled a lot. But then, you know, when you when you look at a kid who is struggling in something, especially academics, like all, all across the board, it's pretty safe to assume there's other things that are going on. Yeah. And in my life, there was a lot of things that were going on that were causing me, um, you know, just a lot of despair and kind of like this inner wrestle that I couldn't escape. So I would say now I have a deep love for learning. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I feel like self-help books and memoirs are some of my favorites because I feel like it's I love critical thinking. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm an open processor. So, I mean, I feel like my wheels are always spinning in my head and sometimes that's a bit of a curse, but, um, I love learning. I mean, I, I started going back to, I went to college, um, for a little time when my son was a baby. Um, but I realized very quickly, I couldn't do both, you know, raise kids and be a full-time student. Cause I was pouring 110% of myself into school because yeah. I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, my family was getting like nothing of me, but anyway, I do have a love for learning now. I just think growing up, it, it just was not anything that I really cared about. I didn't have space to care about it. I don't, I don't know what my problem is. Like, I remember growing up, I would just be like so bored, like in classes and stuff. I'm actually taking some online. Well, I've been taking some online, like writing classes, like over the past year or whatever. And like, it's twice a week and it's online. And like, even that gets boring, but it's like easier because it's like three simple chapters, take your notes, take the quiz, move on. Yeah, totally. So like yeah. I can do that. I be different now. Yeah, I don't know. Um, <laughs> okay. So where did you you met Jonathan, your husband, in Nashville when you moved there? I did. I um I moved. You know, right after my friend died. Um, that summer was really rough, and mm-hmm. I decided to move just kind of on a whim. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of July. I moved to Nashville. I didn't, I knew one person there, but I had no reason to really go there. I just felt like I needed to go there. I can't really explain it other than like, it was like, I'm going to Nashville. Was it Nashville specifically or just out of Indiana? No, it, well, yes, but no, it was Nashville specific. Like, um, I, you know, I wasn't, I mean, I had dreams to be on Broadway, which is not Nashville, not Broadway in Nashville, but like, like music, like musical Broadway. <laughs> And like so you were going like, to like, I, I, yes. Like I tried out for uh wicked when I was 19. Like that was my dream to go be on Broadway in New oh York my city. Gosh. That's not Nashville, but for whatever reason, um, you know, I decided to go there. And before I left home, I told my mom that I was going to never get married I was just going to be a single mom and adopt kids. Like that's what I wanted. I really wanted to, to have, to be a mother and to have babies. And, um, but I did not want to get married. And so, you know, fast forward, I mean, I moved there in end of July and I think I met Jonathan in like September, October. Um, and we were friends at first. I was really kind of slow to like, you know, really want to 
get died down and dating somebody, but he just, there was something very different about him mm-hmm. from everybody else. And it was almost too good to be true, but he was, but I mean, when I look at it now, I'm like, he was kind. Yeah. And he, he was considerate. And I had not experienced that um, in men before. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, we started, yeah. we were really close friends and then we started dating and then, yeah, it was like, I mean, our relationship was really rocky for a while. I mean, I'm coming off of just very fresh trauma yeah, and not knowing how to process. So like, I'm, I'm even going back to Anderson to go to the trial of um, my mm-hmm. friend murdered. So I'm like living this life in Nashville where it's like, I'm free from like all these, I ran from like all this stuff in Indiana I meet this guy who has no backgrounds um, like I had at all. He's like a surf. He's like from the beach in Florida and he's like total surfer guy. He played soccer. Like, um, so I'm kind of escaping in that, but at the same time, I'm driving home on the weekends to be with my friends who are still grieving to go to the trial to, and I talk about the trial in the book um, in the day, the day of that, but yeah, but I mean, but he he just kind of, um, you know, like he just kind of carried it all with me and he just was always there. I don't feel like he was ever really quick to like give me um, advice or like he just always listened. And again, that it just was something new. He just he was definitely very special. And we've been married um, 15 years. So I would say through all the hell that we've been through um, yeah. and still just a lot of confused, still just a lot of stuff we have to work through. Yeah. He's still very present. So I think I kind of hit the jackpot, honestly. I was reading the book and obviously you were going through what you were going through and Jonathan's just like, quote unquote, perfect. And I was like, how? Yeah. um, Yes. And then I'm guessing you read through the end. Um, Yeah. That's why I said quote unquote. But I, I was so happy when jonathan's misgivings we'll call them happened because like yeah it just shaped him more as a human being exactly yes so i love that you said that because something that for me for a long time you know i upheld him and i would say this is his childhood right he can talk about that at some point but like having to feel like you are the one that has things together like we all know that's not true. Yeah. And I want to give, I've always wanted to give permission to people to be a mess. It's okay to be a mess. Honestly, it makes me feel better because I'm a whole yeah. all the time. I mean, I really am. Like I got stuff and like I'm 37 now. So I feel like there's some maturity that's come with it. But like I'm 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 a mess. Like I and I'm not even ashamed of it. Right. Um and and so for him, you know, the the picture that I paint of him is very real. Mm-hmm. And yet we still are having really big fights throughout, you know, the whole book where he's contributing. It's not like he's like, you know, super submissive, but like, you know, we're both wrestling through this, but I still had this view of him that was like, you're up here. I'm down here. Look at all this stuff I've caused us. Mm-hmm. And so when, you know, the moment happened where he broke, um, as painful as it was, it was almost a relief to, to, because I was like, okay, now I feel like we can heal Yeah. now shit's, uh, you know, sorry. I don't know if you can, I can cut on here, but it's like, now, <laughs> and you, yes. Now, um, 
you know, shit's really hit the fan. It's come to surface. Now we got a deal. And like, thank God yeah. you're carrying this perfect banner anymore. Yeah. So you just became more, it was like, it was like, you know, like a weight yeah. just fell off of him when his mistake like yeah. came to life and so, caused- um one of my like quote unquote red flags is cheating. I feel really kind of icky saying that word because like y'all went through it. Y'all Jonathan deserved his whatever. Um <laughs> but where was I going with that? Oh, I was like I was like when he told you or you found out, I forget, and you just like went off. I was like, now Lindsay. I know. Yeah. See? <laughs> Reel it in, sister. And here's the thing. Like that, this is the I think that's a really normal response. And the beauty of like, I'm just gonna call it for what it is. The beauty of the transparency that I decided to give in O Love is that I still had the same human response. That was maybe not warranted. Yeah. But yeah. also. Yeah. Like that shit hurt and yeah. I'm not with it. And so it's right. like, yeah, I think we can look at the story as a whole and say, well, she kind of deserved it. No, and, I was, I never thought that no one deserves that. Yeah. I was well, just and, like sister. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta, yeah. Gotta look at yourself as well, you know? A hundred percent. And, yeah. um, but yeah, but I still had a saying, but it, but it doesn't, it doesn't negate the hurt, you know, yeah, for sure. in my response to self-protect. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. So, I mean, I totally understand that. And I would say even in that, that was part of the reason why I felt like I could give the grace that, um, you know, I gave because he's given it to me mm-hmm. several times. I think our situations are different. Um, I think events are different the way things played out, but the hurt and the betrayal still feels the same. Yeah, for sure. I totally get that. Um, and I am not offended by that at all. Like, I think I, I knew what I was writing. I knew, I, I knew how I was constructing the memoir. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hoped that, you know, it's funny because, you know, this happened not that long ago. Um, certainly before we moved back to Indiana, but, um, but the book I tried to finish before and it was never, it's not like, I think that had to happen. It had nothing to do with like, it had to happen. So the book could be, there's nothing to do with that, mm-hmm. but it, it gives the story so much more, um, weight because yeah he is not because I think it shows we are not perfect yeah I never wanted the book to feel like this wrapped up like okay now like here now we've figured it out and we're like living so happily no that's really not it it's daily choice to love each other every day and we fail at it Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes we succeed and and but I felt like to add that and I was very very specific with what I wrote in regards to that chapter. And I had him, we talked about it. It wasn't like I was just over here, like throwing him under the bus. Mm -hmm. I wanted to honor him the whole time because I do, I love him deeply and I honor him, you know, but I wanted it. I felt like it, it was a really important piece to the story. Um, and he agreed and I let him read, you know, everything first. We talked it over. Um, 
you know, so I would say we both were in a peaceful place with releasing that, but, but yeah, girl. at the event, um, I just read the back and I think it said, what did it say? I'm leaving you to my, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this it's anymore. I used to say all the time. And he's like, do what? Like, what yeah. are you talking about? I'm like, I can't do this. Like everything life. I can't do it all. And then he came up and I was like, is this the same one? <laughs> Yeah, I think it was like, I have the book right here. It says, I can't do this anymore. Lindsay Frazier says to her husband moments after throwing her wedding ring across the room. Um, and yeah, you just read that. And then Jonathan had walked up and you were like, so wait, is this like, I, know, is, I was like, like, is this, oh, that is, that is my man. That is, uh, that's the guy that's, that's the OG. Right. Valid. When is his birthday? His birthday is in May. Both of our birthdays are in May. May what? My birthday's in May. Oh, well, so mine was the 10th, uh -huh. day before the uh, Tomorrow Bookstore release, actually, or event. And then his is the 31st. So I don't know our signs, though, if you're asking me that. He's a Gemini and you are a Taurus. That's interesting. Because, like, in my unpopular opinion, huh. Because I'm a May Gemini as well. And yes, I'm really into it. And... Uh, interesting <laughs> Jonathan's <laughs> just a rare breed I'm gonna have to like see his birth chart because I know for a fact if that was me like we would be going at it together like like um verbally I guess like you're like oh I can't oh, we had some fights I mean yeah. let me just say you know that man is not perfect yes uh, no we know um okay <laughs> that was just a random question <laughs> so I'm going we're gonna like keep talking about like you and where the book <coughs> originated and everything like that and then we'll talk about some of the like um publishing process because oh, girl. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so we're gonna keep with this um you consider yourself queer i consider myself bi <clears throat> bi okay um i also I also love in your book how you weren't just like, I'm bi. You were like, this is my feelings. This is where I'm like learning something new about myself, blah, blah, blah. I, th I just thought that was really beautiful. I don't know why, but I did. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. I, this is why I hesitate a little bit because I, I am still learning um, who I, okay. I, I have so many I have so many thoughts and I err always towards, um, the side of just not understanding. And so not wanting to speak on things that I don't still under quite understand, um, about yourself or about I, no, every, I mean, yes, about myself, I would say, but also just about, you know, um, I, I have, I have a lot of sensitivity for, uh, the LGBTQ community plus community. Um, it's taken me, a, uh, some time to understand if I fit, but I think maybe a lot of people who, um, are by might feel that same way. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know for sure, but maybe, um, but I would say like, I, the thing that I, yes, like I did not want to come out and say something because for me, for me personally, I do not label this on everybody's book. Um, 
I didn't want to be pigeonholed. And here's the other reason, because my book has spiritual ties to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, you know, I, I am a Christian, a very affirming LGBTQ Christian. Um, I didn't want to be pigeonholed to be the Christian who comes out and, and then all of a sudden it's like, um, I've had some rub here. I'm just openly processing with you. Yeah, go ahead. I, I really like this question. Nobody's been bold enough to ask. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I've had a little rub because, you know, I do not identify as a conservative Christian by yeah. any Right. And neither does Jonathan. He's probably more liberal than I am even on a lot of things, but, um, but we fit really well together. Um, I've had rub because people think there's, there's a scene in the book. There's a baptism scene. Mm-hmm. I've been told that people don't know how to reconcile the fact that I was baptized and I'm still by. And that's laughable to me because it's predictable, right? Like, okay. You mean but, like Christian people or other yeah, Christian people? No, Christian gotcha. people. Gotcha. Um, and and so I just didn't want to be pigeonholed as the person, as the person who like all of a sudden is healed now. Cause that's just not that's not what I I am. Like I'm not, I'm just living my life. Yeah. And um I know what I feel. I know what I've felt for a long time. Um, I also know what I'm choosing and that's Jonathan right now. Like we have a closed marriage. It's also very difficult and can be very lonely sometimes. And um, there's things that he and I have to work through that um, sometimes feels impossible, but we still you know, we work through it. And like you said earlier, like there have been times where, um, you know, I was emotionally involved with mm-hmm. other women. And so, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know, and that's not okay. Like that's still a form of cheating and being, you know what I mean? Um, that was so- another thing in the book when you like popped off about him cheating. I was like, this was one woman. Yeah versus yeah over there this is yeah um and so so yeah so all that to say like I I hesitate to to label myself um even I hesitate to label myself as Christian I just I don't know if it's just my personality I'm an Enneagram six with like a seven wing I don't like being tied down yeah Um, I don't or my wedding ring. I don't, I like even like labeled as married, like that, all that stuff feels really scary to me to feel like I'm locked in, I'm locked into one thing. Yeah. Um, and I haven't felt pressure necessarily to, to, you know, label myself. Um, but you know, for a sake of making it easy. Yeah. I'm attracted to men and women and, um, you know, emotionally speaking, I connect a lot deeper with, women and I would say people would be like oh that's normal that doesn't mean you're bi but no it's it's different it's yeah. different for me. Yeah. Um, yeah for sure yeah um okay I think you kind of touched on this but I was at the pride festival this month in June I don't know when this is coming out well um there were what are protesters are they called protesters 
What were they, pro were they just, I mean, that's pretty normal, isn't it? To have protesters at Pride? What were they protesting? Like the Jesus <laughs> protesters. Oh, Jesus protesters? Yeah. I, I mean, don't know what they're called. This well, was around. Problem, so I was just like, ah. That's been around for so long. And yeah. honestly, like they're- So how does that make you feel as a quote unquote- Makes me feel mad because- yeah. Like, I think that it's so easy for people to point the finger at anything, right? And yet, like, that was not what Jesus stood for. Yeah. Um, I think people would even pointed, well, not would, they did. They pointed the finger at Jesus. When you look at, like, when you read scripture and you look historically at his life, like, people were casting stones at him because he was hanging out with, you know, mm -hmm. the tax collector and the prostitute and like his best friends were fishermen. Now we all know, like we all can pretty much stereotype your typical fishermen and the way that they, you know, are pretty rowdy and rough around the edges. And I don't know. I, I think the Christians have for a very long time felt superior to everything else. And it's pretty, it's pretty sickening, but I would say there's a lot of people that are removed from that sort mm -hmm. of ideology um yeah. I would say I'm one of them I would say my husband's one of them like yeah. we have friends that are you know I so I don't know I think protesting um for any sort of religion is really stupid honestly yeah. I think the kindness of God is what leads us to him that is how I like that is simply how I found God yeah it's through the moment that I felt total despair yeah and I felt this like presence of the Holy spirit. I mean, I'm just being real, real with you. It had nothing to do ever with shame or condemnation or like any sort of guilt or like fear of hell. Like none of that stuff yeah. is how I found God. And I would say, I could even tell you girl about stuff when I was a kid, like experiences that I had with, um, some, something spiritual Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'd go to church with like my grandparents and it was this Presbyterian church and I have no complaints there. Everything was really beautiful, but I was a kid. I didn't understand. And, and I, but I just remember like sitting at the top of the pew, like looking at, you know, the stained glass windows and like feeling something inside and like looking at the cross that, you know, this guy with minister was talking about, I had no idea what he was saying. Um, but feeling these experiences. And I do talk about this in the book too, because I was feeling these experiences, um, with G this Jesus, you know, spirit. And then the church is what came and ripped it out. Because if you read, you know, I had this experience at a church camp where they basically said, yeah, yeah, that was terrifying. Yeah. So, you know, I come from like, I didn't grow up in this evangelical yeah. world. I didn't. And thank God, honestly, I'm just going to say it, but um, but I grew up with a spirituality. I grew yeah. up still going to church with my parents or my grandparents and like feeling something. And then, um, watching touched by an angel. God, I love that show so much watching that show and being like, is this what angels are like? And having my own experiences, you know, with a friend whose little sister died, she got hit by a car. And I remember like, like praying for the first time by myself in my room, like by my little lighted Christmas tree and feeling the presence of something bigger than me. Yeah. And then here comes middle school. Yeah. I go to this Christian camp yeah, and they snatch it right out of me. They yeah. tell me, they tell me I'm demon possessed. Yeah. Um, and then they do this, they, they add their trauma 
um, to my innocence really. And so, you know, I, so that's why I just don't, I don't, I had to find God all on my uh, own kind of after that. It was like, I didn't trust, I didn't trust the church. You can, we can see this today. Like there are a lot of reasons to be hesitant about stepping foot inside of a Christian church um, and valid reasons. And so for me, I had to like kind of relearn and find God again. Not that he was gone. um, But like your God, the God who like supports you, loves you, helps you. Yeah. And I would, well, I would still say like, I still believe, um, I still have those, the belief that there is, you know, Jesus what like walked on earth. I have those beliefs. I do like he walked on earth. He has the Holy spirit that we receive. Um, you know, that God is the father. He's the creator of the universe. He's the creator of you and me. And there's this like Trinity, right? There's like these three people in one, like, I still believe that. And that is still my God. And I'm just saying like, from the early days of my life until the moment, the, you know, evangelical church, like literally snatched all the innocence from me and that I had to go back to those early days. And like, what do I remember about God then? And, and, and I guess coming back around to, it was his kindness that I felt. I Um, think that's amazing because after the demon possessed ceremony or whatever, (laughs) that definitely could have changed your entire outlook. But instead you were like, no, I still love him. He still loves me. I know he's out there, blah, blah, blah. Like, I think that's amazing. I am not a religious person at all. I do believe there is some sort of higher power, but yeah, I, I don't like judge religion unless <laughs> you're mean about it, but you're nice. So that's okay. <laughs> no, I, yes. I mean, and yeah, it, I, I just actually learned that what they did at that camp actually had no, God was not in any part of that. Like, I don't feel like that he, they represented the God that I know and love and the character of Jesus, um, at all. So it took me a long time, girl, a long time, because what happened after that was like this need to feel like I had it all together and that I was perfect and that I wouldn't sin. And I wouldn't do this. Like it was, it was a rediscovering, um, of what I believe about the Christian God, like, um, and I'm, I would say now I have a healthier relationship because of that, because I was able to, I had this trauma so early and it was like, um, you know, for me, it's like, I know this can happen and people are, ha- are experiencing these awful things now as an adult. And it's like, yeah. I kind of had like a little bit of an arms, you yeah. know, a bit yeah. of an arms reach from the beginning, but all that to say your protesters, girl, I don't, I don't pay any mind to them. I would yeah. be I've seen them like online, but I've never seen them in real life. And yeah, like I'll do better next time because I what I did get like super duper sad. Um, but yeah, I'll do better. I don't don't think you have to do better. I think being sad is appropriate. I think being angry is. I don't. I definitely do not subscribe to what they're what they're protesting. I don't. So I I think you have so much room to be angry and mad. And I also don't think you have, like, I don't think God's mad at you for that. Like I girl, feel your feelings. You yeah, have a righteous justice inside of you. So I would say, trust that, you know what I mean? Like, um, and don't apologize for that. Yeah. 
Um, so with your memoir specifically, did you like, I'm guessing you didn't, you didn't make up names. So did you have to like ask their permission or like not permission, but like say, Hey, I'm writing about you in my book. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did make up some names There okay. are names that, um, people who have passed away, you don't legally have to. Oh yeah. Um, my best friend is still Elise in the book. I did ask her permission, but she's like, I mean, obviously, um, Jonathan, same, yeah. obviously people are going to figure that out anyway. He'd be really weird if I was like called him Paul or something. Yeah. And then, <laughs> really, then you'd really be like, okay, I don't know if this is your husband or not. Right. Um, those are the only two, I believe. Um, yeah, there's, yeah, but there, there are, I did change names. I did okay. change. I had to. And somebody asked me like, so is Sam, uh, you know, this person? I was like, I can't say that. Let's get into the publishing of life. So you queried publishers, right? Instead of agencies? Um, I actually didn't. I hired editors. Okay. I wanted to write this book first. Uh-huh. Primarily because my story is unique when it comes to sexuality and religion. And so I did not want anybody to tell me what I needed to write. Mm, yeah. So I wrote it first and I um, decided to find editors on my own. Mm -hmm. um, very like I kind of did it very, like I found a book that I liked, looked, searched it, um, tried to find the editor and mm -hmm. then I cold called him. Mm -hmm. And he actually took my project. So mm -hmm. that was the first go around, you know, I don't know, six or six years ago, maybe. <clears throat> and so he taught me how to write like the craft of it. You know, he really helped me like, Hey, don't tell me the sky is blue. Like describe it for me. Yeah. He did that. And then like, hell. yeah. And then like a year or two went by and then I started, I picked it back up again. I was like, all right, I really need to finish this book. And then I hired another editor to basically come through and like read it front to back. Yeah. And oh my gosh, I can't imagine like what a job she has because that book was a total disaster. And, you know, she gave notes and stuff, but I knew it wasn't finished. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I waited another year or two, kind of kept writing, kept tweaking. And then when I felt like it was, I had like everything but the last couple chapters um, written. And I found my editor, Lauren. Um, she was introduced to me by uh, another author friend in Nashville. And Lauren looked at the manuscript. She um, said, yes, like I'd love to like I'd love to be a part of it. So she did like the first round of editing. And I've just been paying these editors like, you know, kind of out of pocket. They're free. Like yeah. they do stuff. Yeah. But she happened to work for a publishing company. Um, I was not necessarily thinking about her publishing house. It was not one that I had thought about, um, you know, wanting to get published with. But she came on. She and I worked so well together. She did incredible work and um, really encouraged me to dig in some areas. And so it, it just became something really beautiful, like the story itself. And so she took it to, after the first round of editing, she took it to her team. And dexterity. And they, and she acquired it. Mm -hmm. So I, what I loved about that is like Lauren, <clears throat> uh, Lauren's been a, an advocate from day one. Lauren understood a lot of this story 
um, that I felt like other editors, though good, I, I don't know that they quite mm-hmm. connect and Lauren did. And so she and I just really worked well. Um, after we, after they acquired it, it was like, okay, like I signed a contract with them. Um, I'll just be so transparent. I did not get an advance. Okay. Yes. I think I'm happy about maybe in the end, just because I don't owe them something back. Yeah. But, um, but it's been a labor. I mean, I will say that for sure. So we, I signed in March of 2019, maybe no, that's not true. Gosh, I don't even know. I signed March, 2021, maybe, or 22. There it is. There it is. 22. Those are very different years, but okay. No girl. And I can't even remember life the last couple of years. I signed in 22 because the book released in January of 23. So it was a kind of a quick turnaround as far mm-hmm. as like signing. Okay. Time to get this book done. And we did like, I, I remember in the last phases of editing, it was like, I was high on something. Like I was up at like 3am just writing, like I would be in the shower and I have to get out. Cause I'd list, I'd like hear like a sentence and I'd go write it. Like I was just so into it and I am not, I'm so far removed from that. I feel like I can't even think of a sentence to write, but, um, it just was this really beautiful experience. Um, and so we hired, uh, out on the cover design, which I really love. Um, and then when our book, when we wrapped up and it was all ready to go to print, Lauren got offered a job, um, at Milkweed, which is a really great publishing house in, uh, Minneapolis. Um, and yeah, so she, I kind of, I lost her, which was sad, but, um, but it was, I'm really like, it was really, really good for her. I'm very, very happy for her. She's like in such a, she's in her sweet spot, I think. But, um, but you know, then it got a little hard because I felt like I kind of lost my, you know, my advocate and mouthpiece, my advocates in, um, this publishing house that is, um, you know, they're a Christian publisher. I think my, I never wanted a Christian publisher because of my experience before just with different Christian organizations that label themselves Christian. Um, I would say everybody at Dexterity is very kind and I really, um, you know, respect all of them. Um, I would just say it's just been kind of hard. It's been a little, it's been a little sticky on some areas of just knowing how to market my book and where my book fits. Yeah. For instance, I think my book is a memoir. It is a memoir. And I think it should be sitting in the memoir section of bookstores, right? If not local, like the memoir section, but it's sitting in the religious section Um, and, and it's getting lost. Yeah. And I could say, most, um, a lot, a lot of, maybe not most, a good amount of people who are reading my book, who find it in the Christian religious section are hating it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I don't wrap up things. I don't give them self-help things. I don't tell them how to live their life. Right. Um, and I don't have resolution on mine. I'm not like all of a sudden not gay anymore. It's like, I don't have those things for them. Um, I'm just living my life. And so people don't like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think for that reason, it's been really hard because I've felt, I hate that. Um, like Barnes and Noble, the local Barnes and Noble here. I was like, Hey, I could not find my book. I knew they had some in stock. I went, 
and it was the Noblesville location. Um, you know, they're all kind of all around, like there's Keystone and yeah. like books yeah. are in the local Barnes and Noble here in Indianapolis. So I go and I like, couldn't find it. And I'm, and so I ask. it's kind of embarrassing. You know, it's kind of like, Oh, this feels like kind of embarrassing. Cause like I go and I'm like, are they hiding it? Are they like, right. you know, like, and so, um, the store clerk and I, I, he was so great. We were looking and he was like, I, I don't know where it is. And so we looked in the religious section and it was like, you know, there's only like two, I think they had like four copies total, but there were only two out. Mm-hmm. And it was like, it was like squished in between some other books. He was like, here they are. So he grabbed them out. And I was like, so I was like, why, like, why are they in? I'm just curious why they're in the religious section and not just like in the memoirs. And he was like, oh, you know, that has to do with publishing and the way that they think your book's going to sell. And I was like, he was like, do you want it in memoir? And I was like, yes, please. And he was like, absolutely. So he pulled them all out and put them forward faced them in memoir section. And I was like this, yeah, I felt so loved by that, but I was like, so there's little things like that, that it's just, it's just difficult because I know that the publishing company is doing what they're doing based on calculations and numbers and like things like that. But as far as personally, it just feels like I've had to constantly like, you know, constantly push. Yeah. And simply because there's not really a huge market for books like mine. Yeah, interesting. But I'm still I like, whatever. There's in my unpopular opinion, there's a book for everyone. So I'm happy that you wrote your book. Like I hate the what's the word? Oh, I'm I just call the capitalism behind it. Yeah. Girl, I honestly the the promotional stuff, the marketing, it's it's spurred me out a little bit. You know, I'm a I'm a writer. Like that's what I, that's my sweet spot. It's waking up at 3 a.m. when nobody's around and like writing. It's getting out of the shower very awkwardly, like running across my house to like write. Like that's the space that I live in. I don't, it's hard for me to do the marketing stuff. I don't have a huge Instagram following. Um, You know, I have a lot of like connections that have influence just from living in Nashville. But even that was like, I don't, I can't just expect them to like, hold my book up in front of everybody. And I've been asked several times, like, Hey, can you reach out to your connections? And I'm like, I actually have, I asked them once and there was nothing and I'm not going to keep asking. I don't personal. I don't want it to get sticky with friendships. So it's like the marketing of it all. Um, and I'll say like Jonathan and I have invested a lot of money of our own personal money into the marketing of this. We pay for all of our own travel. We pay for our own, um, book festival fees. Like we, We're doing that. I, I think the misconception of having a publisher means that your publisher is mm-hmm. going to take care of everything. And for some, I absolutely believe that to be true, but that's not been the experience for me. So well, we can split book festival fees next year. Oh, let's do it. Yes. If they'll still take mine. I don't, I don't even know if I want to write another one at this point. I'm in a very weird funk. Like I said, Oh no, that was my next question. What's next? Yeah. I mean, I have ideas. I've got a poetry book that um, is in the hands of a very dear friend who is an editor. Um, She does a lot of contract editing and, you know, I could, but I just, I don't know. I don't know, girl. Like I I've got it. I could, I could fight for it to be published. I just don't know that I've put so much energy and emotional and mental energy into oh love come close that it's like I am really exhausted like well take I feel time. like do you feel yeah. like you have to write 
right now? I just, there's this like urgency in me. And maybe this is just my insecurity that I still want to fight for Olaf. And I feel like if I don't have something, like, I feel like I need something now to partner with it. And I think, I think the poetry book um, would pair really well. But I think the main thing is like, Olaf Come Close is a baby. It's a very personal story. Um, I don't want to see it go just yet. I don't want to give up on it just yet. But I am, I I mean, it's- Ain't already. Sorry. But but it's definitely, it's a very personal story. And, you know, I don't want to see it go. So I'm kind of like have this sense of urgency that I need to produce something else so that people don't forget about me. Does that make, does that make sense? I mean, it's probably- It does, but I don't know you'll have to because like obviously my book is coming out in October and like yes I have other books planned but I don't know like I I need a break yeah see that's where I'm at I need yeah and and come October you're gonna not get a break you're gonna need to fight for your book and it's a worthy fight but but it's gonna it's gonna wear you out and I think it's going to be highs and lows and that's yeah. beautiful. It's not wearing you out. doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like, it's going to take a lot from you. Um, a lot mentally, a lot, probably physically monetarily. It's like, yeah, you know, but it's really, I like- you're probably going to want like a good break. I think I just started writing again for the first time since the release, like, um, about a month ago. And I was like, okay, there it's in me still like, that's not horrible. Like six months. Yeah. Yeah, that's not- I don't know that I could put it in book form. Short story. I got short stories for days, girl. I mean, yeah. I've got some short stories that uh, are, I think are really beautiful and really difficult, but um, you know, we'll see. Do you write fiction at all or just nonfiction? Um, no, I would love to write fiction. That's the other, that's, that's a bigger project that uh, I don't know if I want to write a novel or if I want to write a screenplay, but I, I do have an idea that's, I think really worthy of looking like, can, you know, picking through but um I've never wrote I mean I obviously I've only written Mm -hmm. stuff about you know my me and my journey and so I'd definitely be open well whatever comes next I just read this book the podcast is one supporting you and two would love to have you back to talk about it because market <laughs> thank you so much it's so lovely it was, it was so great to meet you at the event you're such a light I mean you have so much joy and it's just really easy to talk to you you're very friendly and I appreciate that so Yay. yeah okay um yes thank you so much for one um just like I feel like you saw me if that makes sense rather than me seeing you because I just walked in all hee hee ha ha and then you're like hey and I was like hi and yeah the rest is history obviously because you're here but um yeah moral of the story is I'm excited for you I'm excited for oh love come close um yeah people google it amazon it yeah you can find it on amazon though you know amazon's like the big machine you can also find it on bookshop.org and what I, I love like- I know, yes, because you can pick whatever bookstore that you want, whatever ind- independent bookstore, and um, buy the book through them. Proceeds will go to them. So, um, I don't know the turnaround turnaround time is you know as quick as Amazon Prime, but it might be like a day longer, and I think it's fine. Or, I mean, you can also request that at your local library. Like I, 
I know Marion County has one because um, a awesome person, I think her name is Cassidy. I think I met her at the event. She requested one, which she was like, hey, this is a local author. You should have her book. So I think you can find them at the library. I know you can find it um, on like Libby, but uh, the library app. Um, yeah, so you can I, buy it straight. You can buy it straight from me. And the beautiful thing about that is that I'll link it in the description. There, yes, because you, I will sign it. I will personalize it for you, and it goes directly to the author, small business owner who yes. is broke. Yes. <laughs> just kidding. I love, I'm just going to go back to bookshop.org. I love bookshop.org. And like, I know with Amazon, you don't have to pay shipping, blah, blah, blah. But like, I feel such, I feel so good when I shop bookshop.org. Like, and yeah. I think it gives, like, it doesn't do carbon emissions or something. Yeah. So like you're donating to local libraries or local bookstores just like supporting independent business, supporting in authors. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, in the, yes, yeah. yes. Yep. You can pick whatever. I, sometimes I'll pick my book. The one I like in Santa Cruz, California, we've been there once. I loved it. There's sometimes I pick, um, you know, some random ones on the East coast or I'll do tomorrow bookstore. I mean, I've ordered through bookshop and, and had tomorrow bookstores, the bookstore. So it's, it's great. I, I really do love it, but, um, or you can find it at Smart Bookstore for our local people. Yeah. You know, there and meet Jake and Julia, the amazing people who uh, run that bookstore. Yeah. Have a copy. But yes, like I said, we're here to support you. And I personally cannot wait for whatever you have next, but no rush, no rush. <laughs> Thank you. Take your time. Like well, I, I will keep that in mind. I will say Taylor needs this. So get your ass to writing. <laughs> Not needs it. Taylor wants this. I'll just have your voice in the back. I'll just make you be the person that yeah. says just like print out a screen of my face that's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Taylor says I better start writing. Okay, Lindsay, thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to I Just Read This Book, the podcast bonus episode. We have another one on Wednesday, July 19th, 2023, with Christina Lauren. Um, so my plan was for only to discuss their latest, the true love experiment, but they have their full cast audio coming in August, the honeymoon crashers and Lauren Billings of the Lauren and Christina Lauren. She wrote her own book called Scandalize. So there's so many things to discuss. So be there or be.